a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Do you find yourself completely uninterested in dating and even dreading the thought of starting a new relationship? I mean, maybe you have some fear around being powerless and caught once again in an emotionally unavailable or narcissistic kind of relationship. If that's you, let's talk about that a little bit because consequently you might be building up some walls in that process and refuse to let people in. And on top of that, you might be spending all your time taking care of other people, other things, other tasks, not asking for help. And then you lose yourself in the process and you fall into a pattern of becoming the savior or a victim doing everything you can to live up to those roles and then self-sabotaging your happiness in the process. And you become emotionally unavailable and distrusting of anyone who is looking to get close to you because you're scared. You're scared of getting hurt. So you might as well have that control and do things yourself. And the armor is on so thick. And, you know, then you don't understand why no one is there for you in the end. And if this sounds like you, you could be suffering from codependency, which makes it extremely hard to muster up the energy to focus on yourself, have fun, and dare I say, date, right? Because battling codependency is a process. And you have to think of it as something that can rear its ugly head again and again under those right conditions, even after you think you've licked it. So it should always be something that needs to be maintained. And a codependent will always have to be aware in some way and vigilant, but that does not mean being single and guarded forever. And this is what I want to talk about. The road to recovery is about taking those little steps every single day that bring you closer and closer to feeling like a person of value, of having high standards of being firm with your boundaries, of having no tolerance for poor treatment, putting yourself first, practicing self-care, and most importantly, taking action. The more you repeat these behaviors, the stronger you will become. So I want to just kind of throw out some tips to help you get out there if this is you and you have kind of that codependent tendency. And even if you're just like kind of stuck in a rut, this all applies. So number one, take responsibility, you know, fully accept that nobody else is responsible for your happiness and life fulfillment, but you, I mean, you might have all these stressors and things around you, but you can take some actions to do things, to take care of you, ask for help, take steps where you can start being responsible for your life. Number two, face and understand your childhood dynamics and habits. So, you know, the root of codependency often is from childhood, and that could be anywhere from neglect, abandonment, physical, sexual abuse. The damage that had been done, it just doesn't fade away. And in many cases, it becomes reinforced and repeated in stressful and disappointing romantic scenarios. And you, this is the crazy part, how our brains work. You might even seek out the familiar pattern in a subconscious way. So codependency is essentially 
a feeling of inadequacy or not being good enough and finding partners who can fit into that kind of emotional part and give you that drip of emotional morphine that you've become hooked on. So, you know, as a therapist, as you all know, I think it's important to understand those dynamics, but then it's like, okay, you might understand it, but what do you do about it? And that's what we're going to talk about today more too. And understand the difference. This is number three, understand the difference between caring and obligation. And this gets really confusing for you caretakers. Like caring about someone is healthy. It's beneficial. Do not get rid of that. It's an awesome, beautiful quality. And it's nice to know that somebody has affection for you and you for them and is interested in just overall well-being of each other. But feeling like you are obligated to care about someone or prove you care about them is far different. And actually that can build a lot of resentment. So if you have codependent tendencies and want to succeed in dating and have healthy relationships, then you need to fully absorb that difference between caring and obligation. Number four, have your own interests. One of the most vital dating tips for codependents is to avoid being a hog in your partner or your date's time and schedule. You should not be tagging along and wanting to do everything with them, doing everything for them. It's healthy and good to have your own interests, passions, and schedules, and that will help create healthy boundaries for yourself and not be dependent on them for your happiness and fun. That is really crucial. And five, and I would say this is the like first step probably of all of this, is really boost your self-worth. Have some good self-talk going on and frame reality in a win-win way so that you start noticing opportunities instead of drawbacks. Because a lot of times you might focus on what's wrong and what's not right versus what is right. But the real work, quite honestly, is boosting your self-esteem by taking action and doing things that give you that positive experience for yourself and evidence that you're worthy. So like, instead of telling yourself, oh, okay, I'm a great painter. I have great creativity. I have potential in myself and watching, you know, those documentaries on painters, get out the friggin' brush and start. Give yourself evidence that you are a good painter. Instead of thinking about flirting and watching actors flirt in movies and wishing that you could be like that, go out and try smiling at a couple people at the grocery store and do it yourself. Even if you suck at it at first, well, at least what you think you suck at it, just you just want to prove to your deep subconscious that you've got a lot of walks, not just the talk. So here's the thing. Dating means allowing yourself to be vulnerable, to risk disappointment and rejection. So if you're a codependent, that could be really, really scary. But if you start taking action with a plan and learn that dating is actually an important part of feeling better about yourself, you can break some of these bad habits that have been keeping you stuck and paralyzed. So today on the line, I have a woman who has suffered from some codependent tendencies, and she has just been taking care of so many things in her life, and she kind of lost herself and her desire to put focus and energy on her so that she could be more social and date. And I hope today I can infuse some inspiration to find the time, energy, and most of all, herself. Welcome, Teresa. Are you there? Yes. Hello. Hi, Teresa. Thanks for joining today. Um, Hi. 
Yes, I know. I mean, you and I had a previous conversation before and I just loved you so much and I wanted you to come on because I think some of the struggles that you've been having, so many people have. And um, I'd love for you to just share a little bit more, you know, to the listeners about you and kind of what's been going on in your life and what's been keeping you stuck when this whole thing, dating and codependency and the overwhelm as we were talking about before. Well, I've been divorced since 08 and I started dating and I would say the the first few dating experiences were disasters um, because the other person just wasn't being honest about what their intentions were. And so I had an on and off relationship. And then in the end, I said, well, do you even have any feelings for me? And he said, no. And I'm like, why have I been wasting my time? And then other times when I date, I would think it's going okay, but then then they quit messaging me or then I just like, well, then maybe they're not interested. And then a whole year would go by and they would text me and I'm like, I'm not in the mood for this. And so when I had one relationship, it felt like, you know, all this affection and you know, the flowers were sent every three days and spending a lot of time with me. And he was highly interested. But in the end, he felt like he had more commitments at home. And so it was too much too quick. And then in the end, he says, well, I shouldn't have dated anybody that had kids. And I said, well, why didn't you just swipe away, like move on and never had hit me up and said hello? So, and then the last two summers, I, um, unfortunately, although I could tell that they were codependent, Mm -hmm. uh, the very last one was just, um, he triggered me and I triggered him. And at this point, after three and a half months, I said, I don't think this is working out. I don't, I don't think we're mutually beneficial to one another's, uh, mental health. He agreed, got mad, and hung up. (laughs) And so I'm just like, wow. And after that, I'm just like, I'm about ready to just call it quits. Do I ever want to go back out there dating anymore? So that's where I am. Oh, thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. And I... um. I can appreciate, and and whether you're codependent or not, it it is just when you've had a series of you know experiences like that, it 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 can make you feel like you just want to throw in the towel and shut down. It's easier to, you know, eat a tub of ice cream in front of Netflix than to go out and like you know do that again. Well, I was interested though. Tell me more about how the codependency with you has played out with all these dating experiences. Um. I would say the one person that was just really sending the flowers and did all the things I knew I was doing wrong because he was giving me cash gifts because he knew I was uh, a single mom and a little financial difficulty. And, um, and I, I knew that that could turn into something bad. And, um, and so and if he saw my TV breakdown, he's just like, well, let's go out and get a new TV. Or if he saw I had problems with my phone, mm-hmm. he bought a phone and added it to his plan. Um, and, and then he'd be like, since I've started dating you, I don't have any money. And I'm like, well, let's let's do the math. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? 
and I willingly participated in this. And, and I knew that it was going to cause issue. And so I, I have to watch myself that I'm not participating in something that's going to eventually not turn out well, you know? Yeah, no. And that's really important. Cause I wonder like in that scenario, what kept you in it? You know, intellectually, it sounds like you kind of knew that it wasn't good, but what, what kept you there? Well, he's very affectionate. Mm-hmm. He got along really well with my kids. I will say that my youngest son was a sophomore in high school and he was being very disrespectful and all the things. And in the end, he said, I, I had to deal with this in a former relationship. And um, if I continue to date you, I can't do this. And I literally changed my situation for this person. I had him go live with my ex-husband out of state for his junior and senior year. And this went on well after I broke up with this guy. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then when I asked a friend uh, in my recovery program, she says, I didn't want to say anything along the course of you dating this man, but he seemed like he just wanted to change your situation to his liking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I mean, part of what you're saying too is like he would keep you in it enough with all the other stuff that he was doing for you. And then that hope and desire of um, having that love and affection. It sounds like, well, you know, maybe like these crumbs will turn into the cake at some point, (laughs) you know, and, and then it's never enough. And I, I feel like what you're speaking to is kind of sometimes the cycle of that codependency and hoping that, you know, things will work out, but then in the end, it just leaves you feeling worse. And so that is the cycle to kind of look at. And I always say like, you can't change these guys. Obviously they're going to keep being, I mean, even if you go back out there, Teresa, you're going to see them all over their place. You know, they're, they're crawling on this earth, (laughs) but you can change some things about you so that you don't see them any longer and you get rid of them. And that's really all you can do, you know? And that's why I was talking about in the beginning about the action piece. I was wondering, because I don't think you and I um, talked about this more, where does some of that codependency come from? You know how we were talking about like the childhood stuff in the beginning? It was basically my upbringing, my, um, Mm. the dynamic between my mom and my father, where he would He's very controlling and my mom would um, not argue because she's um, got to the point where it wasn't worth it. So she just basically, you know, let him be an ogre in the relationship. And then she was always miserable. And um, I honest to goodness didn't realize that it was so unhealthy. And then my even though my dad's controlling, he has codependency issues. I honest to goodness mm. don't think he could have even survived in this world without my mother, you know? And mm. so then I gravitated to that type of person when I got married and that, that was pure hell, you know? So that's exactly where it comes from is just my upbringing. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it was your role model. And then like you as a child, what was your role with that? I was a massive people pleaser. 
I was trying to do all the right things, never get into trouble, get good grades. Um, you know, I wanted to go to college, but then my father wasn't happy with my major. Um, what am I going to do in life? He didn't like that. And he, I never brought any people that I dated home because I, you know, I, I didn't want them to be criticized constantly like I was, you know, and so I didn't be honest. I honestly didn't bring anybody to meet my parents until, okay, this is the guy I'm going to marry because oops, we're pregnant, you know? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and there it is. Tell you what, if I hadn't been, I'd have never married him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And I think what you're speaking to, and thank you for being honest with that, is like that notion of not being good enough, you know, constantly trying to please, constantly trying to get good grades, get that acceptance, right? And 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 it just never felt like enough, so to speak. Did you ever get praised for things? Yes. What yes, did you all the time? What did you get praised for? Uh I I me and my sister's responsibility was to cook supper Monday through Friday. So um, we ate at a decent time because my parents had a long work commute, cleaning house, taking care of our younger brothers, uh-huh. babysitting kind of like. Um, um, but then, yeah, I get praised for the good grades, but because I already set that expectation, if the grades were below what my dad thought I was capable of, then I would get criticized. And so, and I, w- I would do the hardest I could because learning was a little bit difficult for me because my retention was awful. And so it'd take mm-hmm. me longer to do my homework, but I kept, you know, A's and B's, you know, yeah. in, in the National Honor Society, won a writing award when I was in junior high. Um, yeah. And, but it was that, that double thing, like he would he would tear me down and lift me up. I I felt like I was being emotionally manipulated by my father. Mm. And I don't know if that's how he was raised, but it's, it's mm-hmm. not, it's awful. Well, and also that, that kind of feeling of walking on eggshells, like you never know, you know, that it, it's also the emotional roller coaster too. It's like having that sense of, well, which, which, dad am I going to get, you know, and, and the anxiety that comes from that too. I don't know if you've like experienced it, that. It was a lot. Uh, I, um, I never diagnosed my father, but being as my younger brother has bipolar and, um, mm-hmm. my ex-husband, I honestly, goodness think that he was like, okay, what, what mood? And my dad's not an alcoholic, but what mood is dad's going to be in today? You know, is he going to yeah. be pissed or he's going to, or is he going to be okay? You know? And, and the weird thing of it is, is he was always fabulous around all of his friends and coworkers and mm. everything. But the, the ones that you're closest to are the ones that you just kind of let it, you know, that's their safety. I can, I could be a cranky, but you know, around my family, mm-hmm. but we, like that, you know? Yeah. 
Well, and the thing that that is notable here, and and I sorry for staying here. I think this is a really important part because I do have some ideas of how like this is all connected and how you can move forward. But when you were praised, yeah, you know, like how he would shoot you down and then he and he would he would then praise you. What would that look like? Was it verbal praise? Was it physical praise? Like how how did that play out? It was verbal. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And what would he say? Like, do you remember? He would say, you're a good kid. Um, you're, you're doing, um, an amazing job after mm. just telling me I'm not good doing all the things I should be doing. <laughs> right. And I, it was like a critical, it was like critical parenting. Like yeah. if, I, if I critique you and tell you where you're, you're, you need to fill the gap, you know, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll help you get where you need to be. And it's like, but all the while, I felt like, am I ever going to be good enough? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, Teresa, this is so important, right? It was like the takeaway, you know, what, because the praise wasn't really even praise because it was taken away by the warning and the criticism of it, you know, and I, I want to just highlight something. I don't know if you've thought about this before, but you were reinforced and praised for number one, taking care of people, like taking care of things, keeping the house in order, taking care of the family members, um, you know, um, getting good grades, working hard. And that's, so that's where your confidence got reinforced, right? So it's no wonder, like moving forward, that you tend to fall into that caretaking role because that's where your confidence lives. And that's where you got praised long ago, even though it was kind of shot down. But that, but think about that notion too, because then there might be this subconscious thing going on that if you're not taking care of people and you're not achieving and you're not, then you'll get knocked down somehow. Right. Do you see that connection? I do. And so it's not to like harbor on it. It's just like an interesting pattern. And I call it habit that got created early on. And the other like beautiful thing about you, because I often say that the things that are challenging is, are also our gifts, quite honestly, because it's beautiful that you're a caretaker, Teresa. It's awesome. It's just harboring it and channeling it so that you're doing it only with people who are giving back to you and who deserve it. And like, it's kind of like letting people earn that piece of you. Like that's really kind of the distinction. And the other thing that you mentioned, this is really common. Um, you know, when you have a parent that's unpredictable, you know, like, cause you never know which parent or dad is going to walk through that door. A child develops something called hypervigilancy, meaning like, it's almost like you're in the battlefield. You don't know when the bomb's about to go off. Right. Cause so, so you know how you said sometimes like you have a hard time focusing and you, you were wondering if it's like ADHD or anxiety. I mean, it could be a little both, but, the, but it, it forms from that. Cause you're constantly trying to read your environment, like thinking, oh my God, when's the bomb going to go off? You know, I, I have to, I have to keep peace. I have to, you know, please everybody. So a bomb doesn't go off. And, and the reason why I just want to like highlight those two things, because knowing where that comes from, means that you can also override it knowing that it was just a pre-program. Hmm. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yes, it does. How are you feeling about it? Like, what are you thinking? Yeah, I do that at work. 
you know, mm-hmm. I, I work in insurance and so I'm, I'm managing all the things and um, customer service, you know, is key in trying to keep the customer happy. Um, but then I'm only able to do so much because, you know, other people are in play here. Yeah. <laughs> like the claims of Jester and all that. It's not all on me, you know, and, and, and then I kind of chuckle when a client will say, well, you got to get my rates down. And I said, well, I'm not a magician, but I'll do what mm. I can. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm not, you know, I honestly know my limitations. You know, I can't just sit there and wave a magic wand and make it all better. Um, uh, right. I just don't have that power, you know. <laughs> but what if I could tell you that you do in some ways, you know, maybe in ways, I mean, you don't have control of like organizations and people necessarily like you're not, nobody's that powerful, but there are some things that maybe you haven't thought about where you could get your power back. Cause see in your subconscious mind, your power is serving others. Like you you think, well, if I do it and I do a good job, then, you know, I can stay here. I can keep the peace. Like that's kind of your thought process, but knowing that, you know, there's other ways of doing that where you demand more respect for yourself and people won't rely on you so much and you won't have that resentment build up too. So like fast forward to now, like let's get into, but now what, right? Because you're probably thinking, well, all right, I understand this dynamic. I see how it plays out, but what the heck do I do about it? You know? Um, and, and it relates to the dating. So when you think about dating or in the past when you've dated guys, like how does some of this stuff play out with men? Like where does it become challenging or even maybe just where you're at right now? I I can handle disappointment pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't sweat the small stuff like I used to way back when. Um, But when I, I'm, you know, around somebody, you know, having a big issue over something small, it yeah. makes me very uncomfortable. Mm. And then I feel like I have to fix it for them. And I know that I shouldn't do that. And I have to catch myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, we went to a restaurant and I did not care where we went. And uh, so we went to this one place and they had a kitchen issue. Uh, I don't know what was in the, going on in the kitchen, but they were not going to be able to serve fo- food for the rest of the evening. And um, he was really disappointed. And I'm like, that's no big deal. We'll just pick another restaurant. But I didn't give it in that wording. And then he, I used the word pivot. He didn't understand what that word meant. Um, he's frustrated because I used a word he didn't understand. Um, and then I get triggered because he's yelling because I was around that too much when I was growing up. I can deal with it now with other family members. Um, and then it just become a whole thing. And I, I am, I have to learn that I can't make it right for everyone. I, I just, you know. Well, not only that, is that like a lot of the people you probably attracted in your life are those takers. And so they like you constantly trying to fix them and, and whatnot. But it's it's a bottomless pit, as you've experienced, right? Because it's never going to be good enough for them. 
And, and here's the distinction. You have been given like that program that you're not good enough. It's not that you're not good enough. It's that they don't feel that, that they're good enough. So no matter what you do, they'll blame you for their happiness or lack thereof. So, so it's like kind of switching that kind of conversation in your mind that it's not you, that you're good enough as is, and you deserve people who see that of you. And anyone who doesn't, bye-bye, see you later. <laughs> you don't need that, you know? And so, um, and, and how that might play out. Cause I, I mean, I just remember our conversation too is now, cause you've had these like series of experiences. There's a little bit of fear getting back out there. And I know you're overwhelmed taking care of all these things in your life. So what I, I want to get into some just like action oriented tips that you could start right now so that you're not feeling overwhelmed with this whole notion of like relationships and toxicity and dating. Like it's too much given where you're at. Cause I think your journey is to override some of these pre-programming. And the only way you're going to do it is to practice in real time with real men, not, not in ways of getting in a relationship necessarily, but just like a way of being. Right. It's like it could be like little things like allowing a guy to help you at the grocery store when you can't reach something or, um, you know, like that receiving piece or saying no to things that you don't like with men and, and saying things that you do like. So how does that sound if I kind of just start there with you? It sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, because one of the things, well, and this I just am privy to because you and I talked about, but we haven't talked about here is that. You you said your clothes needs a little updating, right? Yes. And you've kind of left your image alone for a while. That's <laughs> right? true. Yep. Yeah. Well, because I just think there's a theme here. And your body language has been kind of closed too. that. Like, you just haven't been taking care of you. So my number one tip is to pamper yourself and, and do things that you can make yourself feel good at. And I like, I like the hands-on stuff. So of course I'm going to recommend you getting a couple new clothes. And I know that sounds like, oh, well, that's superficial. How is that going to change my life? But it's really about the self-care because I want you to start shifting the focus from other people to yourself. And even saying to people, sorry, today I am getting a massage. Today I'm going shopping. Today I'm getting my nails done and carving out time for you. And it even could just be like a weekly basis where you're doing something in ways of self-care. What do you think of that? I like it. I are, I already do the monthly massage. <laughs> okay, that's good. No, but I want you doing something weekly. The monthly massage is good. <laughs> and I think get starting to like pay attention to your image because when you start feeling better about what you see in the mirror, I think you'll have more energy to smile as you're going throughout your day. Like I'm not even talking about dates. I'm just saying like the energy that you exude and like really taking time to notice who's noticing you when you're smiling and having, you know, some makeup on and and going out in red and being noticed. I used to care when I was younger. And as I get older, I, I spend my morning just getting my son with autism ready for the day Mm -hmm. and makeup I don't have time to care. So yeah. it's, it's not happening. 
I don't even put on the daily makeup. Yeah, but like, this is what I mean, Teresa. Like, you're saying that you don't have time, but I bet you, if I, like, if we really dig into your calendar and look, I bet you we can find time for you to put on that makeup and it takes all but 15 minutes, you know, but the thing is, is that you're not prioritizing that for yourself because you're seeing taking care of your son and other things are more important. So you're placing your time in your priorities. But what I want you to start doing is prioritizing yourself because here's the deal. When you feel better about yourself, you're filling the pitcher of water up and you're going to have more energy and time for other people in that process. It's actually the opposite of what you think. So even if it means getting up 15 minutes earlier, you know, and it doesn't take a lot, you know, like it could be just like brushing the hair and like, she's in there, Teresa. I know it because you said that he's like, I used to care. So you, there once upon a time was that. And like, I want to bring her out again. It doesn't have to be the same version of that woman because you're different now. Your lifestyle is different. But just these little things, you know, every single day and doing that self-care. It could be meditation. It could be just deep breaths. It could be stretching in the morning and doing some like yoga stretches, like anything that you can do to pull in and feel better about you. Okay. Can you commit to that? Like, here's the thing. Like, I would do mm-hmm. it in, in chunks. Do it in like two-week chunks. So experiment with one thing and say, okay, I'm going to get up 15 minutes earlier and I'm going to like make a list of things that I can do in that 15 minutes. I could stretch, I can um, do meditation, I can put on some makeup, like even tinted moisturizer and lip gloss for God's sakes. Like that takes all but 10 seconds, you know? So what you're thinking is this big deal can really be like a quick hit that can make a world of difference. Um, being mindful of the clothes that you put on your body that morning. It's like, you know what? I think I'm going to put on a little bit nicer shirt as I go to the grocery store instead of the big sweats that you're used to or whatever. I mean, I'm just making that up, but you know what I'm saying? Like being more intentional with that. Yeah. I gave up wearing skirts and dresses probably 10 years ago just because it it seemed just a tad bit more work. (laughs) It's but you see, like, listen to what you just said out loud. You're seeing taking care of yourself is more work, (laughs) and I want to reverse engineer it that actually taking care of other people is really what's more work. That taking care of yourself should be amazing and starting to like really love that part of you. I'm telling you, just that little thing that we just are talking about you right here can make a world of difference. Okay. So that's number one. I want you to commit that for two weeks. Number two, you know how you said that you're like really easygoing, you know, with the dating thing and like, you don't care where you go and, you know, um, you know, you can deal with a lot. I think that's your problem actually. Like you should care if you don't like a restaurant or you don't like the food, you should say, I want this instead. I would really be happy if we could do this instead. No, I don't want to drive an hour to meet you. You can drive to me instead, (laughs) you know, and it's, and the only way that you can really practice that is, you know, maybe you want to go back online and just practice receiving, or maybe you go to a grocery store or a restaurant and you, you know, practice people serving you. You know, I think anything you can do where you're setting the intentions of caring and and also offering what you like so that people who are good people will give that to you. 
but it's on you to express that. So tip number two is start caring and express that for yourself. You deserve it. Okay. You're very quiet over there. It makes me really... I've got my notebook and pen. I'm taking it. Okay, okay. Okay, so I'm just checking it it out here. All right. Um, And number three is really, I I mean, think of dating at this point as just being social. I wouldn't even like, I wouldn't recommend really dating right now for you, given like where you are. But I think you could be social. You know, um, maybe you go online just with the notion of practicing flirting with some guys online, having conversation, starting to like exercise that muscle again, because the fear of getting back into those like horrible like situations is real. And I don't want you like putting all that pressure on yourself right now. I just think being social and, and doing things outside of the caretaking role is crucial for you. Maybe it's, you know, signing up for a meetup class or, you know, I know you don't have a lot of time, but even if there was something like once or twice a month where you could go and do things that are more playful and social would be awesome for you. Yes. Yes. I haven't been able to do that in a good while. Just, um, I have a group of friends that we scrapbook and this year did not let me do that. And I miss it. Yeah, you need it. We as human beings, we all, we are social hum- humans and we need that human interaction beyond being the parent and the caretaker and the worker too because that's maddening. You you need just that adult time where there's friendships. And so like for instance, the scrapbooking, I don't know like if that's really too time intensive right now, but instead of meeting at someone's home, what if you meant like you met at um you know, a restaurant or like a social place where you meet for a drink with the, with the ladies. And so that you're also like out there saying hi to men at the bar. Um, and then you go and you do your scrapbooking, you know, at a table. So it's being creative and thinking outside the box where you can like put yourself out there more rather than like being in that cocoon that you've been in. True. Yes. Yes. I actually, I texted a friend of mine. I said, do you want to go out and just hang out? You know, and, um, she's got also her obligations of checking in on her parents. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) there's a lot of us out there, you know, checking in on others too much, I suppose. (laughs) Well, that, and that's true, right? Like, and, and, and that would be a conversation to say, well, since we're both so busy taking care of others, like we deserve to find a time in the calendar to take care of each other and ourselves, you know? And again, it's, it, it's the way you all are prioritizing it. You're prioritizing the caretaking over, over yourself and, and, and you need to reverse that. Mm-hmm. I prom I promise you'll be a better person for those other people when you're better for yourself. And that's really right. that's really the overall theme and and making a point. And the name of the game, this is the action piece that I was talking about in the beginning. The name of the game is to actually put it on the calendar and hold yourself to it just like you would like a business meeting or any other things that you're doing for other people and hold yourself to it. You know, have that Definitely. accountability partner. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Teresa, you got yes. some homework. How how do you feel about all this? I feel good about it. Um, there's uh, things coming up that I could uh, get together with people. I think I can do this. And then what's the feeling that you're having around it? So I hear that you're, you feel like you could do it, right? And so I'm going to, you know, I'm all about the feeling. 
You're not even yeah. letting me know how you feel. <laughs> you see how you I do was, that? Yeah, I was invited by one of my friends. She 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 invited anybody who was available to go to this place uh, for salsa dancing. And I'm like, yes. Oh my goodness gracious. I do it. <laughs> do it. I, I make all my, all my clients do salsa dancing. I like, I have this retreat coming up that I've been talking about. I think I shared with you. I'm bringing uh-huh. in a salsa dancer to teach everybody. It is th- anything that you can do to get out of your head and all this anxiety and like, you need to let go. You need to to have fun. Be in your body more. Let a man move you around the dance floor. And if it sounds uncomfortable, that's even more the reason to do it. Because again, people only change in a state of discomfort, not comfort. You've already been comfortable in what you're doing, and it's and and you're 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 getting frustrated, right? It's not working. So push yourself. That's awesome. Yes. Yay. Yes, do that. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and. How do you feel? I'm going to keep going back to that. See, this is what I want you to keep doing with men. I don't know how you feel right now. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel confident that I can um, just make time for myself to go do things more because I, honest to goodness, have been cleaning every weekend since April. <laughs> oh, my goodness. See, again. And I, and I finished And I finished a month ago, and it's like... And I have someone that say, well, how are you going to celebrate? And so I guess we're going to start celebrating by just taking time to uh, unwind, you yeah. know, on a Friday or Saturday evening to do go do something fun. You know, I think so. Hell yes. And do you see you just found time in your calendar? I told you you have time. Correct. <laughs> and... And what I just want to circle back, this is such a great full circle as we end this, is that remember how you talked about cleaning the house and you that that's what you got reinforced to do as the inner child, you know, Teresa, yeah. look what you've been spending time doing. It's cleaning the house. Like, it's just so interesting, right? Like how, how it's all tied together. And you'll be breaking that habit by saying, you know, cleaning your house isn't going to make you happy. That's that's an old program. What's going to make you happy is getting out of the house because it's already clean. There's no more cleaning that you need to do. You're fine. <laughs> go <laughs> dance, go flirt, go have fun, put some makeup on, put a dress uh-huh. on, right? Right. Oh, all right. Well, Teresa, thank you so much for coming on and being vulnerable and sharing this journey because I know you know, people listening, they're going to so relate and hopefully we help some other of you listening today too. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. And thank you for joining me today. You listening. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site as always, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you tend to have some codependent tendencies and are exhausted around the thought of dating, hop on a free coaching call like I just did with Teresa and imagine getting some ideas of breaking that cycle you have been dealing with for so long in just one call. Just click the link you see in the show notes to book it. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.